When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Actually, it's Purple Access. It's Zolgad. It's executive producer Declan Goff and the man in the his Vols gear, Star Tribune, <laughs> sports columnist Chip Scoggins. All right, before we start, give your spiel. It's been a long time. Your program was down, embarrassing itself. Rocky Top not being sung at your home. How good is it to have a football program that's back where you expect it? This is how life should be, right? You wear you wear these the orange with with pride. I have I've worn this every day this week. I'm not embarrassed. With it. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's not going to get washed. Um, it certainly won't get washed if we beat Alabama because I'll wear it every day uh, from then on. No, like uh, this is a. If I've been saying this, telling this people this week and trying to educate them. If you're from Tennessee or Alabama and you say the third Saturday in October, you know what it is, right? That's traditionally every year, third Saturday in October, this is a game. You don't get married on the third Saturday in October. It's best if you don't die on the third Saturday in October. Okay. You you don't do anything. Third Saturday in October is Alabama uh, game. And finally, it feels like a big event again, not just a – we're going to be roadkill. So I'm excited. Um, I'll be texting and tweeting a lot, probably Saturday. Not so if we're winning, if we're losing, uh, <laughs> you'll disappear. Your, your sponsor will help me, uh, <laughs> make it through. The Surly day. brewing will come through for you. <laughs> yes. Are you, are you going to be rocking that gear or the actual, Peyton Manning yeah. jersey that you have owned for years now on Saturday. No, it's definitely the Manning jersey. This is this is the the lead up. Saturday is for Manning jersey. If I don't they, care. Yeah. Mark Craig tells me I'm too old to wear it. I'm wearing it. If they win, will you wear it on the show next week? Yes. I'll wear it Can we day. get you in the Peyton jersey <laughs> if they win? If 100%. they beat Nick Saban. Yes. Hundred percent, yes. I'll wear awesome. that thing with pride on on this show. Awesome stuff. All right, let's get to the Vikings conversation. Um, first off, your thoughts on what we saw against the Bears Sunday? A a what twenty one point onslaught, eighteen point lead. Looked like it was going to be an absolute gong show for the Bears, and then they came back, took a lead. The Vikings again, third consecutive week. Kirk Cousins fourth quarter game winning drive. But you're just your thoughts on what was a very weird, weird football game? Well, I've been trying to think about like this Vikings team and their games and trying to uh, 
put in perspective or put it in the right context, uh-huh. it's hard because they're four and one, right? I mean, yeah. this, this, this town should be celebrating. Um, and it's, you know, you want to ding them for not putting their foot on the gas and letting, you know, having those lulls where teams get back in them. But then you watch the NFL. Yes. And like, this is what teams do. Like there's, there's no, I mean, it's never perfect. And there's only a couple teams that you think can just, uh, you know, not play flawlessly, but turn it on and off when they want. Um, so there's going to be times where they look bad, but I think the takeaway has to be that they're still obviously a work in progress, but they're four and one they're winning these games. So I think that's, if you want to be the optimist uh, in this, is that they're, we'd feel a hell of a lot different if they we were sitting here, if they're one and four and these, losing these games, <laughs> we'd be talking about, oh my God, this is no different than Zimmer and O'Connell's, you know, this team's, no, I mean, they're, they're finding ways to win when they're not at their best. And so I think that's encouraging. Is that the right word? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. And, and my thing too is, is this a year from now, my expectations w- will have changed, but yes. you know, Chip, to be fair, I'd really, it's not like I thought that this team was going to be great. Their, their schedule is conducive to, to wins. I get that. And, and so this start does not shock me, but it's also, I didn't know exactly what, what to expect. So like this, this is not a team or a year where I think people sh- should be as invested of, okay, they're four and one, they're going to the Super Bowl, right? Like it's all, to me, it's a pleasant surprise. A year from now, the expectations fairly get raised. So like, I just, the way I, I see this is four and one fun start. Um, certainly without question, a breath of fresh air, but it's not like I was holding their feet to the collective fire of you better be four and one. No, no. I mean, I guess I didn't go game by game to think, but we, we thought if they get past those first two games in relatively good shape, they have a chance to get on a pretty good roll to start the season. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, you know, you know, think about their defense, right? And one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. Yeah, they, they changed some of the personnel and they got Daniil back, changed the schemes, but do we think they're automatically going to become a top 10 defense? No, I mean, nope. we thought they'd be improved, but I still thought that there was major questions and those are showing. Um, we said at the beginning of the year that, let's see what this offense looks like at the end of the year and how different it is from the beginning, because it's not going to be a well-oiled machine from day one. And I think we're seeing that. Um, but, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, like to me, why this feels different and why I think there's reason to feel good about where they're going. Mm-hmm. Cousins makes a horrible interception, horrible. Just, and, and Judd, what have we said all along? Be more aggressive, Kurt, and live with the results. If you throw an interception, guess what? He did. He, he tried to be more aggressive instead of taking the check down. He threw an interception. But he came back and led a 17-play right. drive. I mean, if you have a 17-play drive in the NFL, I don't care if it's against the Bears or whoever. Right. That's impressive to win a game. And so Cousins didn't go into a shell. He didn't let it rattle him. He made a number of big-time plays on that on that game-winning drive. And so – that to me is a sign of progress. Like maybe something that O'Connell's doing is helping him kind of forget about mistakes. O'Connell is there is no question in my mind. And, and and this is a credit to Kirk. Okay. So Kirk's playing well. I know his stats are down, but I don't care. I, I will continue not to care about that. But Kevin O'Connell, 
both, I think, through schematics and just simply empowering and encouraging Kirk, uh, I'm with you completely. Because that pick previously, Kirk falls apart. He yeah. just falls apart. And he he 1,000% did not. I don't care what his stats are. I care how he operates at key times. And I am with you completely. When he comes back and leads a 17-play drive on which they look damn good and convert, what, three or four third downs? Yeah. Full credit there. Full credit. Yeah, and it's in as bad as that, you know, it's interesting how he talked about that interception that he thought about previous. And I think Seifert wrote about this, like maybe he was thinking about that that uh, that Saints game where he checked it down and they had to drop pass where he had Thielen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he tried to be more aggressive this time. And, he, you know, he went to Thielen and the guy picked him off. It's like, you know, learning, learning time there. But I hope it doesn't uh, dissuade him from doing that again and just being a little bit better in that situation, you know, cause I, I like, I like the fact that it's okay for him to be, to make mistakes if he's being aggressive, right? Cause there's still, there's, you know, you're not going to make your coach angry. He's not going to pout like we saw with Zimmer. Sorry, we're going to run the ball now, you know, 25 street. I mean, I, I feel like this is, um, I feel like that was a key thing. What happened Sunday with that interception and the way he came back for the, for, for the rest of this season and how Cousins is going to handle situations. Yep, and I also like this about that side of the ball, Chipper. I like the fact that we are clearly on a game-by-game basis seeing more. Um, yeah. I love the fact, so I did not see this a lot until the Bears game, but I love the fact that they opened the game at pace, right? So, yeah. so they're go So they're going in what looks like a hurry-up scheme, but it's not. Kirk gets to the line of scrimmage, diagnoses what he he's seeing, yeah. and then calls a, a play. That's what I expected. And and like so I really think, and you know, that the team's not going to talk about this a ton, but I really like the fact that week by week by week we are seeing more of what we expected from O'Connell installed, and that Kirk is being empowered again to to play a very important big role in that. Well didn't Cousins say on the on the quarterback snake at the end that <clears throat> on that drive that he had a couple options there yes. to do. Yeah. I mean, so he, would that have happened in under the previous regime or would they have just said, this is the play in your, I, I don't know. Maybe. I think you're right about that. I think they, they would have sent in a play. Yeah. But they, gave, you know, you, you had, you said the right word empowerment. I mean, you can tell though O'Connell is totally empowering cousins for him to take over this offense and, and new, and new wrinkles too. Like, didn't it feel like, during that game, I, I turned to uh, Suhan, Jim Suhan, next to me, and I said, "Is Madison playing more than he normally does? Does this feel like he's playing more?" It felt like there was an absolute, definite plan. He was, and not just okay, go in there and spell Dalvin for you know a couple of plays to give him. A, I mean, they clearly are, are using him in that third down role, passing, and I like that. I thought Dalvin was was fresher. He, he looked like for the first time, kind of had that burst back. Maybe I just. You know, a little bit more, yeah. Maybe I'm just optics. I mean, he just seemed like he was closer to breaking, like we've seen. Yep, those big runs. But I, I mean, I think you saw that. Um, I mean, obviously, you're seeing the you know the wrinkles with the Jefferson pass and the old flea flicker check down to for two yards, which is damn this play. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't run that one again. But um, but no, I, I think you're seeing. I think, and that's the thing, Judd. Don't you get the sense that each week there's going to be a new wrinkle, a new formation, a new something that they're yes. adding to it. Because the comfort's there, right? 
mm-hmm. like like with Kirk. I mean, what Kirk said in the springtime is true, which is there's this is a lot to learn. This is tough. And that that's why I think week by week by week, you're seeing in-game where he and probably the, the rest of the offense as well is more comfortable. And so, yeah, we're starting to see, and, and it's not just trick plays. It's actual impl- implementation of the scheme itself that they probably didn't feel comfortable in weeks one, two, or three to unveil yet as much. Yeah, yeah and the other thing part that too is, what was it, uh, the Philadelphia game and the one after that where Jefferson didn't really get a lot of targets and because he was getting doubled and, and you know, grabbed and harassed. And, we, and what did we say at the time? It's up to O'Connell now to adjust. He's got to figure out ways, and we're seeing that. Um, I mean, it is deliberate and intentional what they're doing early in the games to get him going. And <clears throat> I asked Jefferson about this the other day. Why on earth, if you're a defense, would you give him a free run off the off the line and not try to disrupt him? I mean, if he gets a free release, you're know. you're dead, right? I mean, just, well, because they're afraid they're they're afraid, afraid he'll of, he'll beat the defender flat out, beat him. I know, but it's like, but I yeah. just let him run free off the line and yes. Find his face. I mean, that's I don't know. I guess I'm, there's not good options, you know, when you're trying to right. defend him. But it just seemed like the Bears, whatever they were doing, is like they basically it was just like pitch and catch. How is a team that is coached by a guy who was a defensive coordinator with the Colts? How on earth do you come out with that game plan yep. and literally at halftime have to adjust it? Because rightfully so, you're getting your ass kicked by Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it's it was. It, you know, it reminded me of the Packers, how easy it looked. I mean, he just ran and got open and Cousins threw him the ball. I mean, when you can, when a quarterback can complete 17 straight passes to start a game, your game plan is awful. <laughs> I mean, no discredit to, to, to Cousins. I mean, he had to make the throws, but some of those just looked like, it was, as Mark Craig said, looked like they were playing seven on seven. You yep. Know? yep. Yeah, and in fact, uh, I, I think it was Seifert had a ESPN stats and info yeah. tweet that none of those throws was, was in, into a, a quote-unquote tight w- window, which I believe is a defender being a yard from you. Yeah. Zero of those throws, like, as Kirk said post game, they weren't hard throws, and Kirk said no. that. Yeah. No, I mean, it, yeah, it, I think Seifer said, I believe it was of his 40, is it 43 attempts, right? Is that what he had? Of his 43. Yeah, that's what it is, 43. 40, 41 attempts. Of his 41 attempts. None were into a tight window. That's which incredible. Is, it's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing that that's true. Um, so, but but you know, and then you you watch that first half, and then I do think that game pivoted with the the special teams uh, miscues. I mean that that threw open the door for the the Bears, and, and um, you know, I thought Fields uh, when he started making some plays with his with his legs, and he and he, he made some you know some good throws in his. Receivers helped him out, but um, he played a lot better in that second half, so it got closer than what I thought it was going to be. All right. Defensive side of the ball, which, which by the way, is um, giving up, I think, approximately 20 points per game. So it's not a disaster, okay? Mm-hmm. But when you watch this team, which we do on a week-by-week-by-week basis, what's your faith there right now? Because I feel like the offense is ascending. Like, like I yeah. see what they're doing, and I'm like, I like that. And it's not perfect all the time but i like i like where it's going defensively i'd be hard pressed to tell you that i am enthusiastic or optimistic yeah it just feels like they're susceptible 
right? Susceptible to, to big plays in the past. Um, you know, it just seems like these offenses know how to attack them and, and where the soft coverages are and, and they're able to do it. And um, I don't know how much more you can just say, well, it's a new scheme and they're getting used to it, or is it personnel? That's, that's right. I, I'm, you know, you're right. They're not giving that dancer plays kind of indicative of, right. It starts off, he gets knocked to the ground, but he gets up and he makes a great play to, right. to strip it. I mean, it's like, so there's, um, there's, it's just a mixture of good and bad right now. And they've made, you know, some plays when they needed to, but uh, it also feels like, it just feels like they're susceptible against the pass and, and um, some of the uh, weaknesses in that, in that pass defense that teams are able to exploit. Here's what I don't see. And I might be completely wrong here, but from watching the games, what I don't see too are adjustments. Like if your scheme is yeah. not, if your scheme, if your personnel is not going to fit, excuse me, your scheme, right. Um, you have to adjust some things like, like you have to find ways to get more pressure. And it feels like Donatel is not doing that. And and at some point in time, you know, and Chipper, we have seen this, especially from older, older, stubborn coaches, right? My yeah. system works. My system works. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic. But you've got to change something here. You can't just bang your head against the wall with what potentially looks like a good team and say, you know what, Kevin O'Connell, this is eventually going to work because we don't know when eventually is. Yeah. And I don't see enough willingness to change things to at least for the time being make up for the deficiencies. And that's where uh, that's where I think Donatel is going to err on the side of, you know, this is part of the process. These guys, it's a new system. They're going to get used to it. And, and I can buy that argument somewhat, but I agree with you that, you know, you do have to change it up too if it's, if it's not working immediately. And, there was that. There was that pass. I can't. Um, it was to the tight end commit over the middle. Mm-hmm. The key third down. It was coming in the direction. So it was, um, I think it's third quarter. And Daniel Hunter dropped into coverage and he threw up over his head in between him and and Harrison Smith. I'm like, I I love creativity, but on third and long or whatever that was, I'd really have Daniel Hunter <laughs> rushing the quarterback right. to drop it into. You know, I mean. That's the kind of stuff I was just like, oh my gosh, you got this, you know, guy with a track record of being a great pass rusher. And I know he hasn't stats aren't there this year, but right. I just trust Daniel Hunter rushing the passer more than I do dropping in the coverage. You know, so it's stuff like that's just like, ah. And that was a key. I can't remember if they scored on a touchdown or a field goal on that drive, but it's just like, man, that was a big play. Right. Um, so it's stuff like that that, you know, I just feel like feels like it's not all the way there yet. Um, either personnel or scheme. Yeah, and I guess my question off of that, too, is why would you allow Jared Goff, Dalton, Fields to be comfortable? Like, make them uncomfortable. Because Dalton's old. Goff is not exactly a a mobile quarterback. And Fields is a guy I think that if you get pressure, is going to panic, right? Yeah. It's one thing to be facing Joe Burrow or something and be like, okay, this might be difficult. But you're, you know, that's that's three QBs right there who I want to get after and cause them problems. And it feels like the Vikings are saying, oh, no, no, our scheme doesn't work that way. And it's like, maybe it should work a little bit more that way, Ed, than you currently think. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I know you had to be 
uh, cautious of field taking off and running, and he, he did a couple nice jobs with that. But we saw in the first half, I mean, he was erratic throwing the ball. And um, yeah. and so if you could, you know, get pressure on him without letting him break contain and, and getting first downs, I, I just felt like he was going to continue to misfire. Uh, but that, that's it. It's like, the you know, the pressure is just not – You we're seeing these, these quarterbacks look comfortable. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Justin Fields in that second half looked comfortable. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's – whereas he hasn't – I mean – you see the the talk out of Chicago this week is like, man, he made huge strides. It's like, well, that's not really what you want the week after he plays your defense. And did he, or did your defense just not really uh, approach him correctly? Yeah, it depends on what perspective you have. Um, right. Chicago's probably saying yes, um, but I, I, I think uh, the Vikings allowed him to do that, you know, yes. without – they didn't have the, um, the plan of attack like you, you thought they might. It feels like it's ripe for bye week adjustments. When O'Connell has time, then with no game on Sunday, to sort of sit down with Ed and be like, you know, Ed, I know you know, you know the the Fangio system, but it seems like there's more that we do we can can do. And I mean, you could very well be going into to the bye week five and one, so you're in great shape. It would mm-hmm. be a shame. It would be a shame if at the end of the day, though, your defense cost you because you refused to change things up, or at least say, okay, our personnel and th- this scheme aren't a perfect match, so let's do X, Y, and Z to get through this time period. That's what you wonder is, is privately are they saying, you know, we trust the scheme, we love the scheme, the scheme's going to work, but because we've been here, you know, seven months, the personnel doesn't match it, and it's going to take a couple of, you know, off-seasons to get it. I, I don't know, but I, I do think you can still adjust within that. Like even if the if the personnel doesn't yes. fit your scheme a hundred percent like you want, you still can adjust it to make it, you know, so that you're getting the strengths, you know, of your players or you're you're getting more pass rush. Like if Dinosaur doesn't want to blitz and they're not getting any and these quarterbacks are getting comfortable, then you gotta figure out figure out a way to generate some pressure. So but I, but again, much like the offense, Judd, I mean that's what this season's all about, right? Right. The work I, work in progress. I would just like to see more. Pro- I would just like to see more progress because I feel like offensively we are like I, yeah, you're saying it. Yeah. I have no complaints there. It's not perfect, but I get that the defense feels a little bit like it's ro- rooted in this. No, this is going to work. It's flexible, and, yeah. And that goes back to Childress in '06, and I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> this is my system. The Fangio system works. It's like okay, yeah, but you got to do some things. I mean, O'Connell to me seems very adaptable. I really yeah. think that he is probably installed and right now is actively running way more of of the Kubiak scheme in some ways than he probably planned because that helps Kirk. It helps Kirk, yeah. 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 I admire him for that. Yeah, I no, I think he's talking about O'Connell. I think he's very flexible with um within his system and figuring out what guys can do well. Um, and because we're, we're seeing, um, we're seeing these adjustments week by week from him. I mean, we just are, I mean, if you watch it like there's, there's different ways they're going about things. So I give him credit for that. And again, to be able to do that and still find a way to win close games, which this team had a, you know, something inherently wrong with it last year that couldn't do it. Yep. Uh, that's a, you know, it, that's a skill in the NFL that the playoff teams figure out. 
Yes. And the non-playoff teams don't because every one of these games is close and you have to be able to figure out how to win them in, at the end. And they're not pretty and they're certainly not great. And you know what? At the end of the day, you just don't care anymore. Do you, do you think we fall in love with style points in the NFL and college? Um, I think and- we fall in love with them when we see them. And, and the problem is we see them on highlights, but I don't think that they truly exist that much. So, so yes, but the problem is if you're going to watch an entire game, Chipper, you're going to see the warts, you're going to see the jock itch, the athlete's foot, you're going to see all of the problems play out, and it's ugly, and that's why you take your wins. <laughs> that was descriptive. <laughs> well, I mean, you do. It's, uh, there's so many warts. But that's what, you know, like Tom Brady, he was he was 100% he's right. honest. He's like, when someone asked him, like, boy, there's a lot of parody in the NFL. He's like, oh, there's a lot of bad football. That's Correct. what I see. I'm seeing a lot of terrible football. And it's like, that's what this is. It's like, you have to be able to win terrible football sometimes and how, be able to rise above it. How long have we both said that, though? Like, parody, yeah. it's parody, it's parody. No, it's parody because you watch Red Zone, which I love, but they yeah. show you the highlights. They show you the, look at all. I mean, if you go to the, you know, that Giants-Packers game was yeah. a stinker. So you think so? Red Zone has has created the, this yes. uh, this false reality of of style points in the NFL because you're seeing great plays, and you you miss the ninety percent of the the rest of the game is uh, two yard runs that go nowhere. Red Zone is the National Football League's beauty pageant. Yeah, everyone's you know look at this, look at that, it's great, and then it looks good on Red Zone, don't they? Yeah, exactly right. And then you watch a game. That's why. Uh, that's why the the standalone games are actually like the worst thing in in some ways. Yeah. I mean, that Thursday night game that you were tweeting about watching was <laughs> awful. <laughs> Russell Wilson looks awful. That game was terrible. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, and but that that is that is the NFL, and the best teams realize that yes. you know. We, we hear it all the time. Situational football. It, it's it's not a cliche. It, I mean, you got to figure out how to win in 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 those situations and make the one play that you need. You know. Yep. yep. But that's why you're right. Um, the real the real I guess if you want to call it this momentum swing on Sunday against the Bears was the special teams because if mm-hmm. Greg Joseph makes those, that's six points right there. Like the like if the, yeah exactly you had the 15 yard punt and the penalty on that they gave him the ball to 50. Yep. Right before halftime, and they score touchdowns. Like now, you're like, ah, this game's gonna be closer than it should. Be. You know, like that's. Yep. If you have a normal punt there and you don't have the penalty, is Chicago gonna come down and score a touchdown right before halftime? Probably not. Last thing for you: the last time that the Vikings had a not just a good, but I feel like it was a fortuitous. The breaks went your way. Season 2017, like they played well. Case was on. <laughs> The magic carpet ride, but there were a lot of things that just went your way, and you need that, okay? When Skylar Thompson is going to start for the Miami Dolphins on Sunday, so no Tua, okay, it's Teddy. No Teddy. It is a kid who is a seventh round pick who has no business starting, okay? Um, and I'm this is just to be clear, this is not a criticism of the Vikings, but it is you need some weird breaks, you need some good karma. This is this is shaping up, Mr. Scoggins, to be the 180 of 2022 or 21. Yeah. This is shaping up to be the karma is going your way. Joe, when when we were in the uh in the press box the other day and <clears throat> saw that Teddy went out and looked like it's gonna be concussion and this Skyler or whatever. <laughs> Skyler Thompson, Thompson, Kansas Thompson. State, right? 
Yeah, yeah. We all said it's going to be one of those years, huh? Yep. Where Love it, it. Just kind of, it lines up. And here's what you have to do. You have to take advantage of these. I mean, that is that is it. I mean, it is weird how some years um, it just things line. I go back to, like, I'll give you a college reference. Last year, Iowa Hawkeyes, you watched them. They looked so pedestrian. They won 10 games and won the West because they got a bunch of turnovers and breaks with their way. And yep. it, it, we always said in the NFL, it's, it's not so much who you play, but when you play them. Because are you beat up or you're not beat up in this and you know this week? If you'd have told me that two was playing and they're going down to Miami, I would say, Yeah, it's a loss. Now you're thinking, well, okay. Yep. <laughs> you should go down there and win that game. It was still, a loss. Yeah. I mean nothing as you know in the NFL, there's no sure things, but you have to take advantages when it lines up for you. And that's this is one of those situations where it does. Yep. And and this all starts, call me call me crazy although i think you will agree this all starts every year in training camp if you have a a training camp that has problems if you have a training camp that has controversy you are often destined to a weird year but think about how calm things were o'connell kept everything and i credit him o'connell kept everything calm and there was nothing like oh my god that's a problem uh he even did a really good job with what I, I would call a few hiccups. That's where it starts. You lay the groundwork for how calm can you keep training camp? And they did a great job and sort of just eased in. Well, how many times have we <clears throat> go through the, the history list where you have a chaotic, eventful, drama-filled training camp? How often does the water faucet turn off then once the regular season starts? It doesn't. It just continues on. Sure. It sets the tone for a weird year coming down the, the, the path. And so I, I think it's right. Like that was camp smooth sailing for the Vikings pretty much. You know, it was just kind of boring, uneventful, Which you know, is perfect for is what you want. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it does feel like, you know, um, for whatever reason, some years it just lines up for teams with the breaks or karma, whatever, you know. Right. But again, I go back to, the teams that take advantage of those are the ones that, you know, you see. And you're right. Yeah. You're right. You have to grab that. You can't like be, be like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll have luck next year. You have no idea. Yeah, exactly. That That's a great point. All right, sir. Uh, your prediction Vols Bama on Saturday. Let's hear it. 27, 24 Rocky top. Oh, sing it, baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> sing it. Sing Rocky top. I got to get my phone out and play it for you. Once two strangers climbed on Rocky Top looking for a moonshot still. Strangers ain't come down from Rocky Top, reckon they never will. Corn don't grow at all. <laughs> Keep going. 